Peace and blessings, everyone. I'm your host, Sean Crystal Parker, and welcome to episode 41 of Real Shift Happens. So this episode is part two of our reading of the document by the CIA for the Gateway Program. So stay tuned because you don't want to miss a thing. I go within, walking in the fertile soil of my own being. There my ancestors' fossilized footprints lead the path to my destiny, embedded in my soul. I can feel the pain and the toil, the sorrow. I bear the weight on my shoulders, but also the joy, the laughter, the song. I hear my community deep within my spirit, quietly guiding my footsteps along the path. I go within. Thank you so much for joining me. So we are on part two, talking about the document that was released by the CIA in 2003, detailing the Gateway Experience. And the Gateway Experience is a program by Robert Monroe of the Monroe Institute. And it really is a program about expanding your consciousness. And the document really goes deep into out-of-body experiences, um, time travel, the holographic universe, and it's really detailed. So we're going to get back into part two, the, the continuation of the document, right after our five-minute focus shift right now. Returning to the source is serenity. We will now begin the meditation. Sit comfortably wherever you are and close your eyes. Take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth and release all of the tension from the day breathing in through your nose and breathing out the stress of the day at your own pace Breathe in through the nose, all the goodness that's coming to you. And breathe out all the tension and stress of the day and worries. Now, continue to breathe at your own pace, in through your nose, and out through your mouth, 
releasing any tension. And now, quietly in your mind, repeat these words. I am sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I am sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Continue to repeat silently in your mind, breathing in and releasing through your mouth, breathing out. I am sorry. Please Forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I am sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. and silence that you found in that moment in those five minutes and also the forgiveness the love the gratitude um all of that within the whole Oponopono prayer which I love and since I um did the podcast about the whole Oponopono prayer I actually have been saying it over and over as a mantra or meditation or affirmation I'm sorry in my mind 
you know, just trying to release, forgive, even through hard times with people and misunderstandings, accepting full responsibility and then releasing and forgiving and giving gratitude and sending love. So anyway, let's get to the point of this, which is the continuation of the document that we're reading on the Gateway Program. And it is so detailed. That's why I wanted to read the entire document um, as opposed to trying to summarize it because it's very, very detailed. So let's go ahead and get into part two of the analysis and assessment of the gateway process right now. Returning to the source is serenity. Nineteen intervening dimensions. Since the absolute is conscious energy in infinity, i.e. without boundaries, it occupies every dimension to include the time-space dimension in which we have physical existence, but we cannot perceive it. It overlays everything as do many of the intervening gradients or dimensions through which the energies of the universe pass on their way to and from their home in the state of infinity, the absolute. To enter these intervening dimensions, human consciousness must focus with such intense coherence that the frequency of the energy pattern which comprises that consciousness, i.e. the brain wave output, can accelerate to the point where the resulting frequency pattern, if displayed on an oscilloscope, would look virtually like a solid line. Achievement of this state of altered consciousness sets the stage for perception of time-space dimensions because of the operation of a principle in physics known as Planck's distance. This is an aspect of quantum mechanics which applies to the fact that any oscillating frequency, such as a brainwave, reaches two points of complete rest, which constitute the boundaries of each individual oscillation, i.e. movement up or down. Without these points of rest, an oscillating wave pattern would be impossible since the points of rest are required to permit the energy to change direction and thus continue vibrating between rigid limits. But it is also true that when, for an infinitesimally brief instant, that energy reaches one of its two points of rest, it clicks out of time-space and joins infinity. That critical step out of time-space occurs when the speed of the oscillation drops below 10 to the negative 33 centimeters per second, which is Planck's distance. To use the words of Bentov, 
Quantum mechanics tells us that when distances go below Planck's distance, which is 10 to the negative 33 centimeter, we enter, in effect, a new world. To return to our case in point, the human consciousness wave pattern reaches such high frequency that the pattern of clickouts comes so close together that there is virtual continuity in it. Then a portion of that consciousness is actually postulated to establish and maintain its information collection function in those dimensions located between time space and the absolute. Thus, as the almost continuous clickout pattern establishes itself in continuous phase at speeds below Planck's distance, but before reaching the state of total rest, human consciousness passes through the looking glass of time space after the fashion of Alice beginning her journey into Wonderland. The gateway experience with its associated hemi-sync technique is apparently designed if used systematically and patiently to enable human consciousness to establish a coherent pattern of perception in those dimensions where speeds below Planck's distance apply. This holds true irrespective of whether the individual is exercising his consciousness while in his physical body or whether he is doing so after having separated that consciousness from the physical body, i.e. the so-called out-of-body state mentioned earlier. 20. Subatomic Particles The behavior of subatomic particles provides an interesting example of the phenomenon of clicking out discussed in the preceding paragraphs. In an article prepared for Science Digest magazine, Dr. John Glidman mentions the way in which subatomic particles communicate with each other once their energy field becomes entrained as a result of colliding with each other. The communication concerned is, of course, postulated to be occurring during the click-out phase in the oscillation of the energy fields comprising the subatomic particles concerned. It is this cause which accounts for the cross-communication at which, in terms of time-space velocities, would seem to involve speeds in excess of light. In reality, Einstein's theory of relativity is not being invalidated, but rather the communication concerned is taking place outside the dimension of time-space to which the theory of relativity is strictly confined. Specifically, Dr. Glidman tells us, quantum theory postulates a kind of long-range Siamese twin effect wherever two subatomic particles collide and then go their different ways. Even when the particles are halfway across the universe from each other, it says they instantaneously respond to each other's actions. And in doing so, they violate relativities ban on faster-than-light velocities. Indeed, regarding attempts to quantify what is known about the behavior of energy in dimensions apparently outside of time-space, Bentoff speaks about courageous physicists who are working on hypothetical particles called tachyons, which can move at speeds higher than light, 
The speed of tachyons starts just above the speed of light and ranges all the way to infinite velocities. 21. Dimensions in between. Now that we have postulated the legitimacy of the assertion that the energy forms which compose consciousness can move beyond the time-space dimension, we need to turn our attention to the energy forms which inhabit those dimensions between time-space and the absolute. In doing so, we may better perceive the form that reality assumes when we encounter it in those intermediate dimensions. In this context, Bentoff tells us that the casual relationship between events breaks down. Movements become jerky rather than smooth. Time and space may become grainy or chunk or chunky. Perhaps a piece of space can be traversed by a particle of matter in any direction without necessarily being synchronized with a piece of time. In short, a pair of events will occur in either time or space, the pair not being connected casually by a random fluctuation. What Bentoff means is that inside the dimension of time-space, where both concepts apply in a generally uniform way, there is a proportional relationship between them. A certain space can be covered by energy moving in either particle or wave form in a certain time, assuming assuming a specific velocity virtually anywhere in the time-space universe. The relationship is neat and predictable. However, in the intermediate dimensions beyond time-space, the limitations imposed on energy to put it into a state of oscillating motion are not uniform as they are in our physical universe. A myriad of various distortions and incredible incongruities are thus likely to be encountered such that our nice neat assumptions concerning the relationship between time and space as we know it in this dimension do not apply. But even more important, access is open to both the past and the future when the dimension of current time-space is left behind. 22. Special Status Out-of-Body Experience Although human consciousness can, with enough practice, move beyond the dimension of time-space and interference with other energy systems in other dimensions, the entire process is appreciably enhanced if that consciousness can be detached in a large measure from the physical body before such interface is attempted. Once an individual becomes proficient in the technique of out-of-body movement and then reaches the point where he is able to break out of the time-space while out of his body, he gains the advantage of clicking out part of his, his enhanced consciousness while starting from a base located much closer to the dimensions with which he wishes to communicate. In other words, since he is starting from a point much higher, to use an analogy from the time-space context, that part of his consciousness involved in clicking out will have that much more time to interact in dimensions beyond time-space because less time is required to traverse the intervening layers. Moreover, 
Once the individual is able to project his consciousness beyond time space, that consciousness would logically tend to entrain its frequency output with the new energy environment to which it is exposed, therein greatly enhancing the extent to which the individual's altered consciousness may be further modified to achieve a much heightened point of focus and a much refined oscillating pattern. As a result, a self-reinforcing process should ensue whereby the farther consciousness in the out-of-body state can be projected beyond the time-space dimension, the more its level of energy output would be enhanced, thus promoting the potential for still further travel. The tentative conclusion to be drawn is that the out-of-body state may be regarded as an extremely effective way of accelerating the process of enhancing consciousness and of interfacing with dimensions beyond time-space. If the practitioner of the gateway technique has a choice of concentrating on achieving and exploiting the out-of-body experience as, ex- as opposed to concentrating his full efforts on expanding his consciousness exclusively from a physical base, the former would appear to promise much faster and more impressive successes than does the latter. 23. Absolute in Perspective It may be helpful at this point to pause and recap the major aspects of our intellectual journey from time-space to the reality of the absolute. We have spoken at some length concerning the incredibly complex hologram which is created by the intersection of energy patterns generated by the totality of all dimensions of the universe, time-space included. We have noted that our minds constitute energy fields, which we interact with various aspects of this hologram to deduce information which is ultimately processed through the left hemisphere of our brains to reduce it to a form that we employ for the process we call thinking. We have implied that this hologram is the finite embodiment in active energy form of the infinite consciousness of the absolute. It is the title we assign to that vast pool of energy in a state of perfect rest over which the physical universe is layered and from whence it came comes. Incidentally, to describe this, Bentov uses the analogy of a very deep sea, comparing the still depths of the sea to the dimension of the absolute while assigning the storm-tossed waves above to represent the physical universe with which we are familiar. The slightly agitated currents of the sea to be found in between the turbulent surface and the totally still depths represent energy in the process of either going into rest, i.e. approaching infinity, or coming out of rest. 24. From Big Bang to Taurus. Working from the widely accepted Big Bang theory, Bentov presents a conceptual model to depict the process of time-space evolution, the relative position of the universal hologram. That hologram is often called a torus because it is thought to have the overall shape 
of an immense self-contained spiral. Basing his thesis on recent studies concerning the distribution of quasars, quasi-stellar objects, and operating on the premise that in the universe, smaller processes tend to be mirror images of larger ones, i.e. the pattern of electrons around the nucleus of an atom mirrors the way planets orbit their suns, and so on. Bentov postulates the following scenario. Taking his cue from the observed capability of quasars to eject enormously concentrated beams of matter from their interiors in a controlled, non-concentric version of the Big Bang, he envisions a similar process occurring in the generation of the universe. Noting that those galaxies located to the north of our own galaxy are moving away faster than those located to the south, and that those to the east and west are demonstratingly more, more distant. Bentov regards this as substantive evidence that the jet of matter which expanded into our universe has turned back upon itself, eventually forming an ovoid or egg shape. He sees matter in our universe entering the ovoid pattern following ejection from a nucleus composed of extremely compressed energy through a white hole. At the end of its trip to the far end of the ovoid, he sees it departing via a black hole. In such a model, time is observed to be a measure of the change which occurs as energy evolves into new, more complex forms as it progresses along the distance from the white hole side of the nucleus around the shell of this cosmic egg until it enters the black hole. In other words, as energy expelled from infinity and confined within limits by the conscious of the absolute, achieves form and motion following the ejection from the white hole at the top of the egg, time begins as a measure of the cadence of this evolutionary movement as reality goes around the shell of the egg on its journey to the black hole at the far end. 25. Our Place in Time The observed distribution of galaxies suggests that our particular universe is located near the top of the egg at the point where the matter begins to fall back on itself, thus explaining the reason why the galaxies to the north are seen to be moving away more rapidly as they are caught up in the downturn of the stream of matter towards the far end of the cosmic egg. Layered over this cosmic egg is the absolute which sustains the radiating nucleus from which the original jet of matter issued forth. As the stream of matter moves around the ovoid towards its destination at the black hole, where it will be reabsorbed into the radiating nucleus and then the absolute, it generates the interference pattern within the cosmic egg, which constitutes the universal hologram or torus. Since the torus is being simultaneously generated by matter in all of the various phases of time, 
It reflects the development of the universe in the past, present, and future, as it would be seen from our particular perspective in one phase of time. By reflecting on this model, it becomes possible to see how human consciousness brought to a sufficiently altered focus state could obtain information concerning the past, present, and future since they all exist in the universal hologram simultaneously. In the case of the future, because of of all the consequences of the past and present can be seen coming together in the hologram such that the future can be predicted or seen with total accuracy. Moreover, it is possible to see how the implosion of energy patterns would cross and recross to create an incredibly complex four-dimensional hologram or torus in spiral shape in reflection of the multi-dimensional developing pattern of evolution. All of the movements of the energies which comprise the universe leave their mark and hence tell their story throughout time. 26. Quality of Consciousness We noted earlier that the out-of-body state involves projection of a major portion of the energy pattern that represents human consciousness so that it may move either freely throughout the terrestrial sphere for purposes of information acquisition or into other dimensions outside of time-space, perhaps to interact with other forms of consciousness within the universe. Consciousness is the organizing and sustaining principle that provides the impetus and guidance to bring and keep energy in motion within a given set of parameters so that a specific reality will result. When consciousness reaches a state of sophistication in which it can perceive itself, its own hologram, it reaches the point of self-cognition. Human beings have had this form of elevated consciousness, as does the absolute, but in the case of the latter, it is a function of energy and its associated quality of consciousness in infinity, omniscience and omnipotence in perpetual unity. When energy returns to a state of total rest within the absolute, It returns to the continuum of consciousness in the pool of limitless, timeless perception that resides there. Thus, the more complex an energy system in the material state, the more consciousness it possesses to maintain its reality. Our consciousness, therefore, is that differentiated aspect of the universal consciousness which resides within the absolute. It accounts for the organization of the energy patterns which constitute our physical body, but is distinctly separate from and superior to it. Since consciousness exists quite apart from and outside of reality, beyond the bounds of time-space, it, like the absolute, has neither beginning nor end. Reality has both a beginning and an end because it is bounded within time-space, but the fundamental quantum of energy and its associated consciousness is eternal. When reality ends, its constituent energy simply returns to infinity in the absolute. 
27, Consciousness in Perspective. Having ascertained that human consciousness is able to separate from physical reality and interact with other intelligences in other dimensions within the universe, and that it is both eternal and destined for ultimate return to the absolute, we are faced with the question, so what happens then? Since memory is a function of consciousness and therefore enjoys the same eternal character as the consciousness, which accounts for its its existence, it must be admitted that when consciousness returns to the absolute, it brings with it all the memories it has accumulated through experience in reality. The return of consciousness to the absolute does not imply an extinction of the separate entity which the consciousness organized and sustained in reality. Rather, it suggests a differentiated consciousness which merges with and participates in the universal consciousness and infinity of the absolute without losing the separate identity accumulated self-knowledge which its memories confer upon it. What it does lose is the capability for generation of independent thought holograms, since they that can be done only by energy in motion. In other words, it retains the power to perceive but loses the power of will or choice. In exchange, however, this consciousness participates in the all-knowing infinite continuum of consciousness, which is a characteristic of energy in the ever-present. Consequently, it is accurate to observe that when a person experiences the out-of-body state, he is, in fact, projecting that eternal spark of consciousness and memory, which constitutes the ultimate source of his identity, to let it play in and learn from dimensions both inside and outside the time-space world in which his physical component currently enjoys a short period of reality. 28. The Gateway Method Having put the gateway experience in context by postulating a structural outline of how and why it seems to work and having shown what it is designed to achieve, the time has come to examine the specific techniques which comprise the gateway training process. These techniques are designed to enable the user of gateway tapes to manipulate the high energy states which can be achieved if the user continues to work with the tapes over a period of time. The amount of time required to reach advanced energy states and to fully exploit the technique varies with the individual. The sensitivity of his nervous system, his general state of mind, and the extent to which to which he may have previously developed facility in related techniques, such as transcendental meditation, are all pertinent factors affecting the speed at which he may expect to progress. The gateway process begins by teaching the individual participant to isolate extraneous concerns in a visualization device called an energy conversion box. Next, the participant is introduced to a method of encouraging his mind and body to strive to achieve a state of resonance through utterance of a single tone 
a monotonous, protracting humming sound that sets up a feeling of vibration, particularly in the head. He engages in this resonant tuning, as it is called by humming along with a chorus of such sounds that are contained on the gateway tape. Following this, the participant is exposed to the gateway affirmation and is encouraged to repeat it to himself as he hears it repeated on the tape. This affirmation is a statement to the effect that the individual realizes that he is more than merely a physical body and that he deeply desires to expand his consciousness. 29. Hemisync Introduced After that, he is exposed for the first time to the hemisync sound frequencies and is encouraged to focus on and develop a perception of and appreciation for those feelings which accompany the synchronization of brain waves that results. Next comes the techniques of progressive and systematic physical relaxation, while the hemisync frequencies are expanded to include additional forms of pink and white noise designed to put the physical body at the virtual threshold of sleep as well as to calm the left hemisphere of the mind while raising the right hemisphere to a state of heightened attentiveness. Once all of this is achieved, the participant is invited to envision creation of an energy balloon comprised of an energy flow beginning at the center of the top of the head and extending down in all directions to the feet. The energy involved in this flow then proceeds up through the body and back out into the balloon pattern again. The energy balloon, which sets up a pattern very reminiscent of the cosmic egg discussed earlier, not only enhances bodily energy flow and encourages early achievement of a suitable resonant state, but it also is designed to provide a protection against conscious entities possessing lower energy levels, which the participant might encounter in the event that he achieves an out-of-body state. It serves as a precautionary purpose in the unlikely event that the participant's first out-of-body experience involves direct projection outside the terrestrial field. 30. Advanced Techniques Having reached focus 10, the participant is now ready to endeavor to achieve a state of sufficiently expanded awareness to begin actually interacting with dimensions beyond those associated with his experience of physical reality. This state is called focus 12, and it involves conscious efforts on his part while additional forms of pink and white noise enter the sound stream being directed into his ears from the gateway tape. Once the participant has achieved this state of greatly expanded awareness, he is ready to begin employing a series of specific techniques or tools as the Monroe Institute characterizes them, which enable him to manipulate his newly found expanded awareness to obtain practical, useful feedback of value for promoting self-discovery and personal growth. The specific techniques involved are described individually below. A. Problem Solving This technique involves identifying fundamental problems 
which the individual wishes to see solved, filling his expanded awareness with his perception of these problems and then projecting them out into the universe. In this way, the individual enlists the assistance of what Monroe Institute calls his higher self. In other words, his expanded consciousness to interact with the universal hologram to obtain the information required to solve the problem. This approach may be used to solve personal difficulties, technical problems in the realm of physics, mathematics, etc., practical administrative problems, and so on. Responses to the problem-solving technique may be received almost immediately, but often they come based on developing intuition over the next two to three days. Frequently, the response comes in the form of a sudden holistic perception in which the individual suddenly finds that he simply knows the answer in all of its ramifications and completely in context. Sometimes without even being able to put his newly found perception into words, at least initially. In some cases, the response may even arrive in the form of visual symbols, which the individual will see with his mind while he is in the focus 12 state, and which he will have to interpret after he returns to normal consciousness. B. Patterning. This technique involves use of the consciousness to achieve desired objectives in the physical, emotional, and intellectual sphere. It involves concentration on the the desired objective while in a focused 12 state, extension of the individual's perception of that objective into the whole expanded consciousness and its projection into the universe with the intention that the desired objective is already a matter of established achievement, which is destined to be realized within the time frame specified. This particular methodology is based on the belief that the thought patterns generated by our consciousness in a state of expanded awareness create holograms, which represent the situation we, d- we desire to bring about and in doing so establish the basis for actual realization of that goal. Once the thought-generated hologram of the sought-after objective is established in the universe, it becomes an aspect of reality which interacts with the universal hologram to bring about the desired objective which might not, under other circumstances, ever occur. In other words, the technique of patterning recognizes The fact that since consciousness is the source of all reality, our thoughts have the power to influence the development of reality in time-space as it applies to us if those thoughts can be projected with adequate intensity. However, the more complicated the objective sought and the more radically it departs from our current reality, the more time the universal hologram will need to reorient our reality sphere to accommodate our desires. Monroe trainers caution against attempting to force the pace of this process because the individual could succeed in dislocating his existing reality with drastic consequences. C. Color breathing. The next technique is called color breathing. 
and is designed to use the expanded awareness and highly focused attentiveness associated with the Focus 12 state to imagine various colors in a particularly intense and vivid manner so as to use them to resonate with and in turn to activate the body's own energies. Fundamentally, in terms of practical application, it is a healing technique which is designed to restore the body and to enhance its physical capabilities by balancing, revitalizing, and returning bodily energy flows. It is predicated on the principle that the body's electromagnetic field is capable of altering its resonance pattern so as to entrain energy from the Earth's electrostatic field for its own use. The various colors envisioned in the image imagination as a part of the technique cue the mind as to which frequencies and what specific amplitudes are desired in connection with this entrainment and the subsequent alterations in bodily energy flow patterns. That color has the capacity to affect the human mind is well known and the effectuality of color in certain kinds of healing is a demonstrable fact. For example, application of an intense blue light to an area of physical tumescence leads to a relatively rapid and easily observable reduction in the swelling while red and to a lesser extent yellow have the quite opposite effect. However, in the hemisync application of the technique, external light sources are not involved, but rather the mind is the sole agent of the healing and revitalization. D. Energy bar tool. Magic wands and enchanted scepters have been part of the folklore and occult practices of many cultures. The scepters, staffs, and maces carried by monarchs and high priests alike occur with such frequency in the history of bygone eras as to suggest that, at the very least, these items are aspects of some type of archetypical symbol which the human mind seems to appreciate, perhaps quite subliminally. In any case, the energy bar tool technique involves envisioning a small, intensely pulsating dot of light with which the participant charges in his imagination with enormous energy until it is virtually pulsating. The participant then extrudes the dot into the shape of a sparkling, vibrating cylinder of energy, which he then uses to channel force from the universe to selected parts of his body for purposes of healing and revitalization. E. Remote viewing. In addition, the energy bar tool is used as a portal for initiating a follow-on technique called remote viewing. In this context, the participant turns his bar of energy into a whirling vortex through which he sends his imagination in search of new and illuminating insights. The apparent purpose of the symbolism involved in the vortex seems to be the to cue the subconscious and convey to it instructions as to what the participant wishes to do, but in terms of nonverbal symbols, which the right hemisphere of the mind is capable of understanding. F. Living Body Map. 
This technique provides amplification for application of the energy bar tool as means of healing specific areas or systems of the human body. The configuration of the participant's body is imagined and then the various major systems such as the nervous and circulatory systems are envisioned in appropriate colors within the confines of the outline being held in the imagination. The energy bar tool is then applied to energizing, balancing, and healing in whatever manner the participant desires. In the process, the participant visualizes various streams of colored energy flowing out of the tool into the organ system or area upon which the revitalizing or healing application is being made. Since colors are the result of differing wavelengths of light, which is to say energy at various frequencies, this technique operates on the assumption that as the human body is composed of energy, it can be vitalized and healed through the additive application of additional energy provided that the energy is applied in the appropriate form. G, focus 15, travel into the past. All of the preceding techniques are conducted at the level of expanded awareness known as Focus 12. However, the technique of time travel into the past involves further expansion of consciousness through the inclusion of additional levels of sound on the hemisync tapes. Some of the sound is probably merely intensification of the basic hemisync frequencies being designed to further the modify brainwave frequency and amplitude. Other aspects of the added sound patterns appear to be designed to provide subtle, almost subliminal suggestions to the mind as to what is desired by way of further expanded consciousness so as to support the verbal suggestions and instructions also contained on the tape. Even the instructions are highly symbolic which time being visualized as a huge wheel in the universe with the various spokes, each of which gives access to a different part of the participant's past. Focus 15 is a very advanced state and is extremely difficult to achieve. Probably less than 5% of all participants in any given gateway experience actually fully achieve the Focus 15 state, during the course of the approximately seven days of training. Nonetheless, Monroe Institute trainers affirm that with enough practice, eventually Focus 15 can be achieved. They also state that not only the individual's past history is available for examination by one who has achieved Focus 15, but other aspects of the past with which the individual himself has no connection may also be accessed. H. Focus 21. The future. The last and most advanced of all the focus states associated with the gateway training program involves movement outside of the boundaries of time space as in focus 15, but with attention to discovering the future rather than the past. The individual who has achieved this state has reached a truly advanced level. Except in unusual circumstances, it is probably not attainable except by those who have conditioned themselves through long application of meditation 
or by those who have practiced long and hard through use of the hemisync tapes for a period of months, if not years. 31. The out-of-body movement. This remarkable phenomenon has been saved for the discussion in detail until last because of the interest which it occasions and special circumstances involved in its attainment. Monroe Institute stresses that the Gateway Program was not established solely for the purpose of enabling participants to obtain the out-of-body state, nor does the program guarantee that most participants will succeed in doing it during the course of the training at the Institute. Only one tape out of the many which make up the Gateway Experience is devoted to the techniques involved in the out-of-body movement. Basically, these techniques are merely designed to make it easier for the individual to achieve the out-of-body state when his brainwave pattern and personal energy levels have reached a point that he is in an apparent harmony with his surrounding electromagnetic environment, such that he feels that he has reached the threshold where separation is a possibility. To facilitate achieving the out-of-body state, Bob Monroe, the founder of Monroe Institute, is quoted in a recent magazine article as saying that in order to assist the participant in the particular hemisync tape concerned with that technique employs beta signals of around 2877.3 CPS cycles per second. Since 30 to 40 CPS is considered to be the normal range for beta brainwave signals, those associated with the wakeful state, it is apparent that the Monroe Institute is convinced that the same heightened state of brainwave frequency output, which promotes altered states of consciousness, is also an important consideration in in assisting in achievement of -of out-of-body states. The actual techniques employed for separating from the body involve such simple maneuvers as rolling out, lifting out after the fashion of a telephone pole, wherein the individual separates in a rigid headfirst manner, such that he finds himself standing at attention at the foot of his physical body and sliding out through either end of his body. 32. Roll of REM Sleep It is interesting to note that Bob Monroe informed the Gateway class that finished 7 May 1983 that an ex-trainer of his operating in Charlottesville, Virginia, found that he could guarantee out-of-body movements by bringing participants down into a rapid eye movement, REM, state of sleep, and then use the hemisync technique. This may be a function of the fact that most, if not all people, reputedly go into an out-of-body state during REM sleep. REM sleep is the deepest possible level of ordinary sleep and involves complete disengagement of the body's motor cortex functions from the neck down and nearly complete suppression of consciousness in the left brain hemisphere. The effect of this is to put the body in a state of complete stillness so far as the skeletal muscle structure is concerned, thereby further promoting the state of deep rest needed to eliminate the bifurcation echo. In addition, it leaves 
the right hemisphere of the brain free to respond to the instructions and suggestions contained on the gateway tape. However, use of the semi-sync tapes at this point may be less a factor in actually achieving the out-of-body state than it is a matter of focusing the brain enough so that a residual memory of having naturally achieved an out-of-body state is carried into the waking state. Indeed, it may be even postulated that some dreams associated with deep levels of sleep are in fact functions of the same kind of altered consciousness involved in interaction with the universe that plays a role in all of the focus 12, 15, and 21 states described above. The difference between those states and the condition of the mind in REM sleep seems to be that the left hemisphere is almost totally disengaged in the latter experience, such that the memory of what was achieved in the altered states of consciousness cannot usually be retrieved, retrieved by conscious desire because the left hemisphere has no knowledge of its existence or its location in the right hemisphere. Admittedly, some people can be trained to remember their REM state dreams through the intense conditioning in the waking state, but even that may be more a function of establishing pathways in the right hemisphere, which the left hemisphere can access following re-entry into the wakeful state, than it is an indication of any specific left hemisphere conscious involvement in the process during REM sleep. In any event, the three apparent conditions required for voluntary inducing in out-of-body state is most individuals seems to be one achievement of a state of profound quiet in the body such that the bifurcation echo fades and resonance at approximately seven hertz is established two synchronization of the two brain hemisphere wave patterns and three subsequent stimulation of the right hemisphere of the mind to achieve to attain a state of heightened alertness, which of course interferes with the brain hemisphere synchronization, but not until a sufficient level of enhanced frequency range has first been established to help achieve the out-of-body state. 33. Information Collection Potential The information acquisition potential associated with the out-of-body state seems to attract the most attention from the standpoint of developing practical applications for the gateway technique. Unfortunately, although the out-of-body state can apparently be achieved by many people without excessive expenditure of time or effort, the purpose to which it can be put are currently limited by the fact that uh, although individuals in that state may travel anywhere on an instantaneous basis in either the terrestrial or in other spheres, information distortion in the former context remains a major concern. To date, according to one of the trainers at Monroe Institute, numerous experiments have been conducted involving persons moving from one coast to the other in the out-of-body state to read a series of 10 computer-generated numbers in a university laboratory. 
although most of them have acquired enough of the digits to make clear that their consciousness was present, none have ever succeeded in getting all 10 correct. This seems to be a function of the fact that physical reality in the present is not the only holographic influence which the individual may encounter in an out-of-body state. There are also energy patterns left by people or events occurring at the same physical site being viewed, but from the past rather than the present. In addition, since thoughts are the product of energy patterns and energy patterns are reality, it may also be possible that individuals encountered thought forms while in an out-of-body state, which, which mingle with physical reality and are not easily differentiated. Finally, as Melissa Jagger writes, there is another potential problem area in the sense that holograms can be viewed pseudoscopically. That is to say, inside out or backwards, just as well as they can be seen in proper perspective. Some of the distortions occurring may ultimately prove to be traceable to this cause because in the out-of-body state, an individual may perceive the holographic energy patterns given off by people or things interacting in time-space reality in a somewhat distorted form. 34. Belief System Considerations In 1967, Alexandra, David Neal, and Lama Yongden wrote a book entitled Secret Oral Teachings in Tibetan Buddhist Sects, from which the following quote is taken. The tangible world is movement, say the masters, not a collection of moving objects, but movement itself. There are no objects in movement. It is the movement which constitutes the objects which appears to us. They are nothing but movement. This movement is a contained and infinitely rapid succession of flashes of energy. In Tibetan, saw or shug, all objects perceptible to our senses, all phenomenon of whatever kind and whatever aspect they may assume are constituted by a rapid succession of instantaneous events. The classic description of the universal hologram is to be found in a Hindu sutra which says, In the heaven of Indra, there is said to be a network of pearls so arranged that if you look at one, you will see all the others reflected in it. I have cited this quotation because it shows that the concept of the universe, which at least some physicists are now coming to accept, is identical in its, in its essential aspects with one known to the learned elite in selected civilizations and cultures of high attainment in the ancient world. The concept of the cosmic egg, for example, is well known to scholars familiar with the ancient writings of the Eastern religions, nor are the theories presented in this paper at variance with the essential tenets of the Judeo-Christian stream of thought. The concept of visible reality, i.e. the created world, as being an emanation of an om omnipotent and omnis omniscient divinity who is completely unknowable in his primary state of being. 
The absolute at rest in infinity is a concept straight out of Hebrew mystical philosophy. Even the Christian concept of the Trinity shines through the description of the absolute as presented in this paper. The description of energy totally at rest in infinity fits the Christian metaphysical concept of the Father, while the infinite self-consciousness resident in in that energy providing the motive force of will to bring a portion of that energy into motion to create reality corresponds with the sun. This is so because in order to attain self-consciousness, the consciousness of the absolute must project a hologram of itself and then perceive it. That hologram is a mirror image of the absolute in infinity, still exists outside of time and space, but is one step removed from the absolute and is the actual agent of all creation, all reality, and the eternal thought or concept of self, which results from this self-consciousness serves, and this is where um, pages are actually missing from the document. Uh, So this was number 34, and then it actually skips to 37. So 37, motivational aspect. It is a step-by-step procedure which involves repetitive practice of the technique of the techniques concerned, using each new insight as a means of penetrating farther during the next practice session. But the rate of progress is so much faster with the gateway approach than it is with the transcendental meditation or other forms of mental self-discipline. And its horizons seem to be so much wider that the discipline needed to practice it would seem to be within the means of even the impatient, result-oriented, skeptical pragmatists of our society. Unlike yoga and other forms of Eastern mental discipline, gateway does not require the infinite patience and total personal subservience to and faith in a system of discipline designed to absorb all of the individual's energies over most of the lifetime. Rather, it will begin to produce at least minimal results within a relatively short time, such that enough feedback is available to motivate and energize the individual to continue working with it. Indeed, the speed with which an individual may expect to progress seems less a function of the number of hours spent practicing than it is a question of the speed with which he or she is able to use the insights gained to release anxieties and stresses within both the mind and the body. These points of energy blockage seem to provide the principal barriers to achieving the enhanced energy states and focus of mind needed for the rapid progression. The more compulsive, the more uptight the individual may be at the outset, the more barriers he or she will initially encounter to achieving a deep or immediate experience. But as the insights begin to come and the blockages begin to dissolve, the way ahead becomes increasingly clear and the value of gateway moves from the status of a matter of intellectual assessment to one of personal experience. 38, conclusion. There is a sound rational basis in terms of physical science parameters for considering gateway to be plausible in terms of its essential objectives. 
institutional insights of not only personal, but of a practical and professional nature would seem to be within bounds of reasonable expectations. However, a phased approach for entering the gateway experience in it in an accelerated mode would seem to be required if the time needed to reach advanced states of altered consciousness is to be brought within more manageable limits from the standpoint of establishing an organization-wide exploitation of Gateway's potential. The most promising approach suggested in the foregoing study involves the following steps. A. Begin by using the gateway hemisync tapes to achieve enhanced brain focus and induce hemisphere synchronization. B. Then add strong REM sleep frequencies to induce left brain quiescence and deep physical relaxation. C. Provide hypnotic suggestion designed to enable an individual to induce deep auto-hypnotic state at will. D. Use auto-hypnotic state suggestion to attain much enhanced focus of concentration and motivation in rapidly progressing through Focus 12 exercises. E. Then repeat steps A and B following use of the auto-hypnotic suggestion that an out-of-body movement will occur and be remembered. F. Repeat step E to achieve facility in gaining out-of-body state under conscious control, alter hypnotic suggestion to stress ability to consciously control out-of-body movement and maintain it even after REM sleep state ends. G, approach focus 15 and 21 objectives, escape from time, space, and interact within new dimensions from the out-of-body perspective. H, Use multifocus approach to solve problem of distortion in terrestrial information gathering trips. This approach involves the use of three individuals in the out-of-body state, one viewing the target object here in time-space, one viewing it at focus 15 as it slips into the immediate pass, and one viewing it at focus 21 as it slips from the immediate future. Debrief all three and compare data gathered from the three points of view. If care is taken to ensure that the three all go out of body together in the same environment, their consciousness energy systems could resonate in sympathetic oscillation. They can tune in to the same target on different planes or dimensions with with greater effectiveness. I encourage pursuit a full self-knowledge by all individuals involved in the foregoing experiments to enhance objectivity in out-of-body observation and thinking and to remove personal energy blockages likely to retard rapid progress. J. Be intellectually prepared to react to possible encounters with intelligent, non-corporal energy forms when time-space boundaries are exceeded. K. Arrange to have groups of people in Focus 12 state unite their altered consciousness to build holographic patterns around sensitive areas to repulse possible unwanted out-of-body presences. L. Encourage more advanced gateway participants to build holographic patterns of successful attainment and rapid progress 
for advanced colleagues to assist them in progressing through the great gateway system. If these experiments are carried through, it is to be hoped that we will truly find a gateway to gateway and to the realm of practical application for the whole system of techniques which comprise it. And that's about it. Yes, very, very powerful stuff, right? Some of it um, kind of hard to understand if you haven't read up on certain theories like the holographic universe. But I think that it was pretty clear in saying almost that um, this there's a convergence between science and religion on you know, God, really, even though they never mention God in the document, because it's not a religious document. And but he does mention towards the end, about how the theories do relate to all the religions, and how all of the religions have a similar theory about the universe and the holographic universe and time travel and time and all of these things. So I find it really interesting. The other thing I wanted to mention was that I did find the tapes um, online, which you could do too if you wanted to. They are available on the Monroe Institute uh, Institute's website. They offer at-home programs and virtual programs, virtual workshops, and also in-person workshops, which I'm not sure if they're offering now with um, the pandemic happening, but definitely check out Monroe Institute's website if you are curious to know more about this training, because although this is a CIA document that was released, you know, in the few years ago or whatever, um, this training is available to anyone so, you know, they, they've been offering this for years on their website. Definitely check that out if it's something that interests you because this is more about the expansion of our consciousness. And really, that's the key. And I think that even within this document, he mentions that. And he mentions how um, Robert Monroe says, Yes, you will, you know, travel outside of your body, you know, have these out-of-body experiences, travel to other dimensions. Um, you'll realize that time is not a linear thing, that it is, you know, all happening at once. But the importance of it all is to gather information to bring back to this realm to help yourself to heal yourself or just to help your circumstance. So I think that is the most important key of it all. And yeah, so I was able to access um, the tapes, waves one through six. And for waves one through six, there are 25 tapes. And currently I am just finishing up wave one, part six. So there are six parts on wave one. And that is wave uh, part six is a free flow focus. 
So in wave one, you kind of learn how to relax your body and keep your mind alert. And you learn focus level 10 in the first wave. And like I said, that's six, six parts, six tapes to that. So, um, yeah, I will be starting the wave two and that's the introduction to focus 12. So I can say that, um, what was it? What was it? The fifth one, the fifth one in wave one, which is exploration sleep. That one's pretty intense. I mean, they're all intense. They're all intense. I'll say that. Um, but number five in wave one, you can, I can really definitely, definitely feel how you can slip out of your body and do, and, you know, have an out of body experience though. I didn't have one. And honestly, I will say I only listened to that particular tape one time because I felt like I was about to have an out of body experience and it kind of freaked me out a little bit low key. I'm not even going to lie. Um, I, you know, like I mentioned before, I do practice transcendental meditation. I've been practicing that for, um, almost three years now. And, um, I haven't missed a day twice a day. Um, yeah, for 20 minutes each time. So like that document mentioned, if you have practiced transcendental meditation for a few years, then you may, you know, this technique may come a little easier to you. So, um, you know, I actually have a couple friends, well, actually one I can think of who actually was on the podcast before, Mark Marcel, who frequently was into going out of his body. Like he loved OBEs. I remember when I first met him, him always talking about it. And me, even then, being a little apprehensive and being like, mm, I don't know. With this, you know, document and the Monroe Institute and how he kind of breaks it down, because I did go out and watch a lot of um, Bob Monroe's talks. He really breaks it down and makes it more about, like I said, the collection of information, um, the experience to bring back, not something, you know, to kind of like just have an out-of-body experience for, you know, no reason, I guess. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so I, I actually am going to continue on, though, with it, because obviously there's resistance in me, and I, I want to get over that. I'm going to continue the tapes. I probably will listen to um, that number five, like I said, which is wave one, five, exploration sleep. I may listen to that one again before I go on to wave two. Um, but yeah, I'm going to finish them for sure. And each tape is pretty, no longer than... 35, 37 minutes or so. So, um, 
definitely, if you can get those, check them out online. You can definitely find them at the Monroe Institute's website. So this podcast has gotten a little long. (laughs) So on that note, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. And until next time, what do we do? We must do the inner work, create a shift in our own consciousness, which will create a shift in the collective consciousness. That's the goal. So don't forget, go to anchor.fm slash real shift happens. Drop us a line. Tell me what you think about this document about um, the gateway experience. If you've ever heard of it, if you tried it before, let us know. And you can support the podcast there as well. Also, if you're on any of the platforms, the podcast platforms, subscribe to us, please. You definitely won't be disappointed. We are Real Shift Happens Wellness Podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And we also are going to be reviewing a book this month. Um, We're going to review The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton. It's a really, really good book. Um, We do that at the end of the month. And if you're like me, you definitely don't always have time to sit down and read a book. But I love to listen to books on audio. It's so convenient because I can do it like when I'm, you know, doing other things like cooking or working out or driving. And so we have a link to Audible and you can get a free audiobook there at audibletrial.com slash real shift happens. And you can be a part of the book club discussion or, you know, just get any book. It's just, it's a good resource. I definitely encourage it. If you don't have time to read, it's the best way to get all your reading in without actually reading. (laughs) You also get 30 days for free on that link. So definitely do that. Download um, The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton or some other book. Even one of our other um, book club choices. Um, Yeah. And with that, until next week, real shifters go within and make real shift happen. Peace. Peace.